Welcome to One Generation to the Next. I'm your host, Amanda Sowards, and this is my lovely co-host, my very own Nana. Donna Wright. Yes, her name is Donna, <laughs> but she literally is called Nana by everybody that we know, either that or Mama Donna. So you are more than welcome to also call her Nana. I will share her. She is the best <laughs> Nana there is, and I'm 100% biased, but nonetheless, doesn't make it any less true. She's an amazing woman of faith, and I'm excited to be able to have her as my co-host. And I was, I was planning out exactly how I wanted to launch the show. I was asking the Lord, how can I do this? I originally wanted to call this Wrestling with God, and I found out that that name has already been taken by two Irishmen and a priest. At least that's what their bio said. So <laughs> I was like, Lord... I had been in a very long season of wrestling with God, and I was just kind of at a point where I knew that I wanted to do something. I'm feeling a nudge to the Lord to do something, but I couldn't quite figure out exactly how to envision what I wanted to share with people. And uh, I felt the Lord ask me, well, how do you, who do you talk to the most about me? Or who do you learn the most from? Where do you experience the most joy about talking to me from? And I was like, at the table, over dinner or anytime <laughs> with Nana, we will literally sit and talk for hours just about how great the Lord is and just kind of the revelations that he brings through scripture, brings through just spending time with him and worship. And <laughs> I could think of no one better than having Nana as my co-host to share just all of the wisdom and knowledge and testimonies that she's experienced from the Lord and be able to pass that down to my generation and generations to new come. And as I was reading scripture, I found Psalms 145.4, which says, Nana, you want to read it for yes. us? Yes. From one generation to the next, they will tell of your mighty works. Amen. So it's literally a commission that was found in, or is found in Scripture that says that we are to share the testimony of what the Lord has done through each generation, that it is our responsibility, our generation's responsibility to pass down what Jesus has done what God has done to each and every generation that comes after us. Therefore, it keeps the testimony of faith alive. And what better way to do that than have one generation. I'm the older generation to the to, younger generation. To the next. And so we are excited to be able to continue what Scripture has commissioned us to do. Amen. And also just share what uh, our heart is for the, from um, experiencing ministry, from loving as God's people, from just being a part of ministry and a revelation that the Lord brings. We just want to be able to sit down at the table and talk about these things with you. So in that, I also want to just share a little bit about Nana and her background in ministry. So Nana, tell us a little bit about yourself and just how the Lord has worked through you in mighty, mighty ways. Praise God. Well, um, I was born and raised in a Catholic home, and so I grew up knowing uh, to love and serve God. And uh, But when I was 16 years old, I was born again and uh, received such a deeper relationship with the Lord. And um, so I got married young, very young, and my husband and I, Larry Wright, from the time we got married, uh, we 
wanted to serve the Lord. We wanted to work for the Lord. Uh, my husband knew he was called to preach. And we, so we uh, started out working at church and youth groups and, and uh, going to revivals. We grew up in a faith church, and we've seen God move so mightily over the years. But so we uh, did evangelism um, in, in churches and different places, and then uh, my husband bought a tent, and um, the Lord had told, we had bought a piece of property, and the Lord told us to uh, sell that property. We were so excited. We thought we was going to build a little home there. It was, had a creek on it and wrapped around it, and it was really nice, but, but you know what? The Lord spoke to us and told us to sell that property and to buy a tent. And so we very excitedly, with much joy, did that. And God has blessed us since that time with more properties and even blessed us and our ministry and our family uh, through, through lots that my husband would buy and then sell and use the money in the ministry and, or for family or whatever, you know, the Lord allowed us to use it for. And so if you, if you obey God and you do it with joy and, and happiness, then, you, you know, God, he, he's so faithful that he will take care of take care of you in, in those situations but absolutely so we kept uh we evangelized we did the tent ministry and just to clarify for some of you guys that are in my generation may have no idea why a tent would cost the amount of a property <laughs> we're not talking about just a camping tent we're talking about one of those huge tents like a circus tent that they used to use where it would fit thousands of people underneath a tent and in nana's time when she was younger they used to have tent revivals where they would put up a tent in either a parking lot of a supermarket out in a field a fairground out in the middle of nowhere wherever they could put up the tent they would put up a tent and put out a sign and say revival and so people knew that that meant to come and they would have the time whatever time it said to hear the gospel be preached and a lot of times that was actually during the uh miracle revival that happened and nana got to experience a lot of that where they in the saw 60s. in the 60s in the where they saw crazy crazy miracles happen and so whenever a tent popped up you knew that was the place to go if you were looking to have uh, a miracle or see god really move and it was something that i hope we'll be able to see again i truly believe that we're on the brink of another revival like that another great awakening and i'm excited to see what the lord's doing because revival is now it is coming but it is also now and uh, i'm excited to hear the testimonies of faith because i think that's a big part of continuing to reignite revival Amen. is reigniting faith in what god can absolutely do nothing is impossible for the king of kings and the lord of lords right Praise God. And as we continued in ministry and serving the Lord, we, uh, we had the honor and privilege of planning uh, several churches uh, in three different locations. We, were, we started a church and, and uh, pastored there for a season and then moved on. But the church is still there, still going. And we just praise God for that. All of this was going on. We also did short-term mission work into other countries like uh, Haiti, and my husband went to uh, uh, Russia and uh, 
Guatemala, just Panama, a lot Cuba. of different places, Cuba. And um, going into Cuba, he met a, a pastor that invited them to come to Nicaragua. And so uh, we ended up going short-term missions to Nicaragua and um, for about five years. And during that time, we met this young girl named Judith. And uh, she and her whole family, we kind of adopted them. And we were so excited to be a part of their life and to, uh, to be able to, to just every time we would go to Nicaragua, just to take what we could to bless their family. And, and um, so we, we had a great time uh, during those short-term mission trips, just getting to know people there. But we fell in love with the country, fell in love with the people, and felt like God was calling us to long-term missions there. So we ended up moving. In 2001, we moved there, and um, we started uh, World Missions Outreach. And that is still going on today. You're looking at the president <laughs> of World Missions Outreach, uh -uh. and... My grandfather and my Nana started it uh, after my grandfather passed away, which has been about five years now. I was able to quit my corporate job and step in as a full-time vice president of World Missions That's Outreach. Right. So that was a big leap of faith for me, too, where I worked for a uh, corporate company. I worked for Radio Disney, and I worked for Clear Channel Media Entertainment, which is now iHeartRadio. And I fully, that's what I went to school for for a very long time, still <laughs> in student debt loan for as well. And um, I had, had always dreamed and envisioned of this career of being a news anchor, being a journalist, being on radio. And so I was actually walking into that career field. But at the same time, my quality of life was not really that great and I really wasn't happy I was feeling very unfulfilled I got to do really cool things and I probably had a really cool sounding job title on paper but it definitely was not as cool as it sounded you met a lot of people <laughs> I did meet a lot of people I had a lot of opportunities all of which I'm very grateful for but at the same time I just was not feeling fulfilled and later now I can look at that and say that was the Lord <laughs> like he was definitely giving me little nudges of saying hey this is something that I'm allowed the opportunity to be for you, but I have so much more in store for you. You just got to take a leap of faith. And so I finally took a leap of faith. It took a long time of like finally wrestling with myself, wrestling with God and realizing that the Lord did truly have a call in my life for ministry, which I knew ministry would always be part of my life because everyone in my family was in ministry. However, at that time, I didn't realize it would become my entire life, which it is now. And I'm very, very thankful for the Lord kind of pulled me in that out of that direction and into his perfect will for my life. Amen. And so I had, it took a lot of wrestling though. I had to put down my pride, my ego, and realize that I was only staying in that job because of it sounded cool and people thought I was cooler than I was. And I wasn't really ready to let that go. I found my identity in that. And so the, uh, the, what the Lord was really doing was kind of peeling away those layers of showing me, this is where your identity is rooted in, but it should not be. Your identity has to be rooted in me, uh, meaning the Lord. So I uh, finally came to that revelation of, wow, I am getting my validation from a job title or from what it sounds like to other people, how cool they perceive this job to be. And so I 
decided to take the leap of faith, let go of my pride, my ego, and realize that it was so much more important to be somebody in the eyes of God than anybody in the world. And I would rather be a nobody to everybody in the world and to be honoring and walking in, in the absolute path that the Lord had called for me and be a somebody in his eyes. And so once I kind of reckoned with that, and the Lord reckoned with me, I was able to never look back. And I have fully embraced uh, the call of my life. And I'm sure there is so much more, many more layers the Lord has, but um, I truly love where the Lord has brought me into ministry and being able to with the fam my family and to be able to partner alongside Nana as well with World Missions Outreach has been amazing. And so I'm still currently the mission director and vice president of World Missions Outreach. And it is an amazing organization, a national NGO and nonprofit that's doing really big things that the Lord's doing really big things through. Though we are a small NGO, we are doing very big things um, for the kingdom of God. So it's exciting to see, and it's exciting to be a part of, and it's exciting to see just how God has orchestrated it, because none of it is because we've done anything. It's only because the Lord's hand has moved upon it. And that's the coolest part, I think, about any of it, is just seeing how the Lord has orchestrated all of this, and it's nothing that any of us could ever do. Therefore, you know it's only God that made it happen. That's right. As you were talking, Amanda, I was thinking that nothing happens all at once. Right. You know, we kind of we kind of evolve into, into different aspects of our life. And like when you were in your job, you were also, you know, like going short-term missions. Right. You go every time you could. You would yep. go to Nicaragua. You would help me. But see, the Lord knew that's where you, your heart was, and that's where you needed to be. Right. And so he, he eventually worked all of that out for you. But what what it is is uh, dur during that time, you know, there was there was a process. Oh yeah. Of of how God gets us ready, and because I would have never ever believed even during the evangelizing and planning churches and all the work and ministry that we did that I would have ever moved to Nicaragua and but do you know that uh when when we the Lord when when you do it when you take that step of faith and you look back you can see how God has led you on the, all these stepping stones that has brought you to this time and this place that you're at and that, that um, God has, has prepared you and made you ready for his ministry. Absolutely. And, I mean, many of you have, I'm sure, heard this many times, but it's just like the story of David where David was prophesied over by Samuel that he was going to become the king. However, it took at least 17, 18 years before he actually stepped into that role of becoming the king. So it wasn't immediate. It was the process of David learning how to be a king by once being out in the field shepherding the sheep and <laughs> killing lions and bears. And then that trained him to kill Goliath, the giant. And then that opened the door for him to then be in the palace with Saul, who was the first king of Israel. And then um, for him to learn the ways of royalty while being there, make best friends with Jonathan, Saul's 
son and then ultimately become the king. So it was a process biblically as well that we see laid out of how even when somebody prophesies something over your life or you know the Lord's spoken into your life that you're going to do something specific or you're going to go somewhere specific, that doesn't mean it's going to be tomorrow, though we want it to be often. <laughs> and sometimes the Lord holds back that information, I feel like, because he knows we'll just get in the way. <laughs> so he allows us to not know the full story or the full picture, but he reveals it and puts puzzle pieces uh, for us to kind of get a hold of, which we get to hold and um, to just make it, it makes it really special when the Lord kind of reveals something to you personally and creates personal history with you. That's right. And <laughs> it, it just makes it so much more personal and real whenever he just reaches out of heaven and um, gives us something to hold on to with hope saying, okay, this is another stepping stone. This is another piece of the puzzle. This is another picture that goes into the great big picture that the Lord has established because he is the Alpha of the Omega and he knows the beginning to the end because he is the beginning to the end. And so it's amazing to know that we can rest assured. We can rest in knowing that God has our future completely uh, prepared for us since before we were even born. He has it all written in his books um, already. There's nothing that we can do or cannot do to unwrite what he's already said and spoken and written about us in heaven. So that to me makes me feel very secure <laughs> because I know um, how easy and how fragile humanity is. And, and we're it's so easy for us to feel like we're not adequate or we're not doing enough or we're not enough. But the Lord has already said, I've called you enough because I called you mine. And I think that is so imperative for us to really root down into our identity, going back to the identity of who we are in Christ is so important for us to really get rooted in and making sure that nothing else is where we find our identity, nothing else like a job title or a relationship. Not that those things are bad, but that our identity is not secured in them rather it is secured in Christ amen amen because uh, like my identity uh, I more than anything I would just want to be a daughter of the Lord Absolutely. a daughter of the King daughter of God and uh, God is so awesome he's so awesome that if we can go and share to somebody that that doesn't know how awesome God is that he he loved us so much that before he created us that he uh, had made a plan he loved us so much he wanted our fellowship he wanted our love and our our worship to to him and 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 so he he created uh, this man and and the universe, but before he created that, he had already made a way, a plan of salvation Amen. in case man in his free will that he, God gave us failed, which everybody knows that man did fall. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, we, uh, but God had made a plan. And Jesus Christ was that plan. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And God loved us so much that he was willing to come to earth as a human being to take our sins upon him and uh, to uh, pay the price that, uh, that fallen man had to pay. Jesus took that on himself and we know that he died a, a horrible death, the crucifixion on the cross, and he was he was tortured before that. And but he did all of that for us. He is our not only our creator, 
He's our provider. He's our healer. He takes, he's our everything. And so I just praise God. I just praise him. And, and this is such a, uh, an awesome opportunity to co-host with my granddaughter, Amanda, and to be here and, and be able to tell about the, uh, different things that God has done over my 60 year period of, uh, span of, of, uh, ministry. And so we have a lot of testimonies, a lot of things to tell over the, over the weeks and the months to come. And so, uh, we just plan on having a great time in the Lord because we do, we just love to praise (laughs) God and, and talk about the Lord and his goodness and his word. Absolutely. And that it's so true. Like there's nothing else I'd rather do than talk about Jesus. (laughs) And that's something that some people may not understand. They're like, all you do is talk about Jesus. And I'm like, well, all I can think about is Jesus because Jesus has transformed my entire life. I couldn't even have breath in my lungs if it was not for Jesus. And that's not just saying that that is truth. It is only because God has breathed breath into our lungs that we are able to even keep taking one step forward or keep taking another breath. So whenever you realize just how amazing and how kind and how loving and how generous and how faithful the Lord is, there's not much more that really matters. And that's not saying that we don't love to do things and other things and enjoy just common things but we really find our joy and sustainability within the Lord and that's something that I feel like we've went through we went through many many trials especially over the past five years we've experienced a lot of loss Uh, we lost my grandfather about five years ago I lost my mom which was Nana's daughter uh, to COVID as well she spent 22 days on a ventilator in the hospital so that was uh, extremely challenging as well as I had a fiance that I no longer have walked through that three days after my grandfather passed away that engagement ended um, as well as Many other challenges that we've experienced during that. Nana also spent seven months in ICU, in the hospital, and then in, well, sorry, seven weeks, thank (laughs) the Lord. Nana also spent seven weeks in the ICU, in in the hospital, and she went into a rehab facility after that because she as well got COVID. I had COVID at the same time, so I didn't even get to see them for the first 10 days that they both were in the hospital and in intensive care. So it was an extremely challenging time, but all through that experience, I learned what it really meant to lean on the Lord, Mm -hmm. what it really meant to trust the Lord, what it really meant to put it all into God's hands. And even when you didn't get the expected outcome of the miracle that you wanted, realizing that salvation is the greatest miracle there is. There is no greater miracle than salvation. Salvation is what we all live to die than to live for again in Christ. And so understanding that, coming to that revelation, coming to that reality, the kingdom reality that the Lord revealed to me, which is he reveals it to each of us, but he Mm -hmm. revealed it to me in a a deeper understanding, in a deeper way of this is the only reality that remains is the kingdom reality. And when we can look at life through that lens, through the lens that God has from heaven to earth, not earth to heaven, then it expands a whole understanding of the Lord truly is in control. He is good. He is faithful. He is kind. And if we turn to him, he will carry us through. He takes the burden. The Lord, uh, the word says, cast your burdens upon the Lord. And so when we truly turn to him and cast our burdens upon the Lord, he takes all of the heaviness and carries it for us. That's what he died on the cross for. And so it's really amazing to think about the love of Jesus, how much he has loved us, how much he loves us. And uh, his love conquers all. 
His love casts out fear. His perfect love is our portion. It's our inheritance. It's who we are. We are made in the image of Christ. And so as his people, we are commissioned to also love his people. And um, through all of the uh, things that we've all walked through this past uh, five, five, about five years, really <laughs> struggling um, during different adversities. The Lord has been kind and so good to us, even through it all, where um, we've been able to see him move in ways that is, it's hard to explain, just a way that he, you can literally just feel the warm hug of the <laughs> Lord sometimes whenever you're at your weakest point. Mm-hmm. And I think that those things teach us one or two things. You either run to God and you say, Lord, I can't handle this, or you run away from God. And say, Lord, I don't want you anymore <laughs> because you didn't do what I wanted you to do um, because you weren't following me. Whenever the Lord says, no, <laughs> you follow me, follow, follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, it is it is incredible to think that the God of all creation, the mighty Elohim, came down as a man, died on a cross for our salvation, for us to be set free, to take upon himself the curse of sin and death and to be resurrected again. And that resurrection power now lives within us because of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us out of his great love that he has for all humanity. And it's not an exclusive thing and it's all inclusive for any person that will say, yes, Jesus, I'm all in, I want to be yours. And uh, I think it's just really amazing to be able to see, okay, I'm not going to run from you, God. I'm going to run to you because that is my only option, is running into your arms and saying, I need you. There is nothing that I need more than you, Jesus. And then seeing him meet me there in the midst of that, meet me in the midst of those trials, hold me together and carry me through is truly one of the most amazing things that I've ever experienced within my Christian walk as well. Amen. God is awesome. He really is. (laughs) He really is so awesome to us and for us. And it's when you're in that fire that uh, that all the different things that happen, all the trials, and all of us, uh, especially through COVID, have been through so much. We've met so many people that have been through so much. And but you have to trust that God is there with you. You have to uh, allow Him to just scoop you up and hold you in his arms, so to speak, and, and love love you and, and take care of, take your burden and take care of you. And, Absolutely. Um, and th- then, as you're going through these trials, uh, you, you are refined and you do come forth as pure gold. Right. It's just like Meshach, Rashach, and Abednego out of the Old Testament whenever they were thrown into the fire and the king at that time said, turn it seven times hotter than normal. Um, there was a fourth man that king saw in the fire, Amen. and the fourth man was Jesus, or it was the angel of the Lord. And uh, But we can consider that as Jesus whenever we see, the, whenever we're in the refining fire, put under the test of the fire of uh, trials and adversities, then we can see that Jesus is the fourth man in the fire with us, and that we can come out of that fire just like they did, not even smelling like smoke. And um, that is truly a testament of who Jesus is, is that in the midst of every adversity, in the midst of every trial, he is there. His word says that he will never let go of your hand and that he upholds you with his mighty right hand. And so I've experienced that firsthand. um, And I'm through later shows, we'll go into a lot more detail of just kind of the unfolding of how Jesus really revealed himself during the midst of those trials and adversities and throughout other things with all the mission field and in life that the Lord has revealed himself in mighty ways and how he has taught, taught us about his love. And that's ultimately 
one of the biggest things that I feel like the Lord's been revealing to me lately is that his love is the most important thing, that we are supposed to seek his love over all. And that means over any kind of gifting or any kind of blessing, it's the love of Jesus that really transforms hearts and minds. And when we can grasp that, then we really grasped um, a new level going into deeper levels with the Lord. And for me, I feel like my biggest prayer lately has been, Lord, expand my heart with the ability to love like you love. Expand my ability to love your people. Expand my ability to love my enemies. Expand, not that I have really enemies, but, you know, and demonic <laughs> forces are enemies. I don't want to love them. <laughs> but um, for people that, just anybody, people that um, aren't Christian, that hate Christianity, that we see all... We see all kinds of stuff like that right now. Expand my ability to love them when they're tearing up a Bible. Expand my ability to love them like you do because you equally died for them, Jesus. And I want to be able to look at them through the lens that you look at them through, the, the lens that you laid, your, laid down your life for them. And I, uh, I think that's one of the biggest prayers that any of us can be praying right now is, Lord, expand my ability to love people. Yes. Um, because sometimes people are not easy to love. <laughs> I know that's none of you guys, but <laughs> the other, other people. The other people. Um, but sometimes people are hard to love. And so we need help in that. We need grace in that. And the Lord provides grace. He pours out his grace. He loves when we ask for grace. Mm -hmm. Lord, help us have grace in the midst of trying to love people. And I, I pray that over you guys as well is that the Lord would just bless you with more grace um, to be able to expand your love for people and expand your love for people that are difficult and for people that may persecute you or your enemies, that he would call your heart into a reconciliation. We are supposed to be ambassadors of Christ that carry the ministry of reconciliation. And that first is reconciling people to God and then reconciling people to people. And so many times I think Christians focus on reconciling people to God, which is absolutely foremost amazing and important and at the heart of evangelism, the heart of every Christian, the commission that Jesus gave every single Christian. But we forget to reconcile people to people. And so that's equally part of the ministry that Jesus has called us and equipped us for is that we must walk in unity. The church must walk in unity. And without unity, a kingdom can't stand. So we must have a call to unity for the body of Christ and for people to people. So um, that's just something the Lord's really put on my heart lately is how do we carry the ministry of reconciliation that um, 2 Corinthians tells us that we are supposed to. And I think it's first or 2 Corinthians. It's it's in there. <laughs> the ministry of reconciliation. Um, it's one of our life verses. I should know if it's first or second, but um, we are to be those Christ ambassadors that carry the ministry of reconciliation. And that's not just in theory, that's in act, word, and deed. And so uh, I love to say, whenever you become a Christian, you lose your right to have an offense against anybody else in the body of Christ. That means if you get offended with your brother or sister, you're not allowed to really do that. You laid down your right. You can do it, but it's not right. The Lord actually tells you, put down your gift, put down your gift on the altar and go reconcile That's with your right. brother or sister or whoever you have an offense with. Because as the body of Christ, we are one. We are one body of Christ. He is the head. We are all the members. So 
we have put down our ability and our right to become offended with any other part of the body of Christ when you become one with the body. So if you have an offense, you got to lay that thing down and you have to get over it. It doesn't mean that it validates what they did or saying that, you know, it wasn't, um, we can have differences and that's okay. But to hold on to offense is something totally different. So you lose your right <laughs> to be offended <laughs> whenever you enter the body of Christ. And um, so after that, people usually don't want any more advice from me when they come and say, what do I do? <laughs> but, <laughs> but it makes, I mean, it's just simply that, it's just simply that clear. It's simply that true is that we are to reconcile and to, to love like Christ did. And um, Christ came for every person, not just you and I, or just one person or everybody, but that, that type of person that you don't like or you're offended with. He came and laid down his life for all people to be reconciled, to be made whole, to be set free, to be covered in his salvation. So it is, um, it's imperative that we walk in that kind of truth and in love. Amen. Amen. Today I was thinking as I was praying and, and worshiping the Lord, I love to just worship God and listen to maybe praise and worship music or just by myself, just, uh, be quiet. And I, I was laying in bed thinking, uh, how, awesome God is. And I thought, well, you know, um, sometimes we don't even have to say a word. We don't have to, uh, after, after we've prayed, after we've worshiped the Lord, all we have to do is just lay there and, and have a, a mind that is reaching out to the Lord just, just to commune with him in, in silence, if, if, you, if, if he isn't saying anything to you right. and you're through praying, just kind of like laying your head on his shoulder and, and just being there with him, just and enjoying, just absorbing the uh, anointing, the presence of God. And that, that is, uh, that's Absolutely. What I was Absolutely. doing today, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And that's one of the things that I feel like is under under practice, really, you know, within the Christian walk is that we bring, which is nothing wrong with these things, we bring so much to the Lord, and we're like, here, Lord, here's all these things. I need you to do this, this, this. I need this, and I love you, and thank you, and you're cool, and okay, bye. <laughs> and you're like, okay, what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the Lord's like, I was going to help you, but you didn't stop and be still for a minute for <laughs> me to tell you something, you know, and we're like, if you got anything, Lord, if you... If you feel a certain way about the situation, Lord, let me know. But by the way, then we keep on going and going and going. We don't ever take a pause. I think that's a big thing the Lord's talked to me about lately or teaching me is the pause. It's okay to pause. It's okay to wait a minute before you react. Don't be reactionary. Just pause and then be 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 silent with the Lord. Allow him the moment to speak to our heart, speak to our soul, speak to our mind, and, and see what he will do before we start reacting in our own strength and power. Because it's by only the power and the, of the Holy Spirit that we're able to operate and function uh, successfully within the body of Christ. And so when we try to start manhandling in ourselves, we get in some trouble, right? Yeah. Or we make it way harder on ourselves than we should. So there's something absolutely to be said from that wisdom of just sitting and being, waiting on the Lord, just waiting on the Lord. And that's a deeper level of, I think, communion with the Lord is being able just to be silent with the Lord. Just be silent because the word literally says that he knows our inward 
wordless groans or he knows our he knows our heart it's laid bare before him so if we just come to him with just reverence and honor and, and lay it all down before the lord and just wait on him wait on him in silence and allow him to minister to us too yes. then um we're so much better off than trying to just continue to hammer away at um at life whenever we can just rest in the lord it's such a rewarding experience and such a uh, a great practice so thank you for sharing that with us nana and maybe that's something that we can leave you with today is challenging you to take the pause take the moment just to rest in the lord take the moment to just say hey god these are the things that are heavy in my heart and i'm just gonna sit here with you and let you hold it let you hold me and rest in the assurance of trusting that you've got me and you've got this and that you'll make the way when there is no way and i just want to i don't have any words to say maybe the pain's too deep maybe the hurt and what you're experiencing is far deeper than words can even express. And maybe what you're going through is um, really awful and ugly and painful and sorrowful and full of grief, whatever it may be, the Lord's, he's able to handle it all. There's nothing too big for the Lord. So when we're able to release those things, we're really able to let go of our grip over those things and hand them to the Lord and just be still in his presence. He brings healing in those moments. He brings restoration in those moments. And it's such a beautiful practice where maybe if you're going through that or if you're in a joyful time and season of your life too, what mm -hmm. better way is to be joyful with the Lord and sit in his presence and just turn on some worship music and be silent and wait for him um, within your worship too. Uh, so we, I love that. So I want to encourage you guys to do that and um, see what the Lord will do for you. It's an amazing, amazing story. An amazing way to worship the Lord is through the silence of the Lord. And um, <laughs> through that, sometimes I get the most out of my time with God. So yeah. thank you for sharing that, Nana. And um, we hope that you've been encouraged. We hope that you will um, continue to walk steadfast with the Lord and that you will stand firm in your faith and be able to take something today and share the testimony of the Lord from, um, from us to you, to the next generation. Manny, you want to pray for us? Father, we've just, we just give you honor and glory and praise today and we, for this opportunity to be able to be together, to uh, talk about uh, your awesomeness, your faithfulness, and the testimonies that have uh, gone, gone before us. And Lord, we just praise your name. We ask you to, to bless each and every one that is uh, hearing or seeing this uh, little uh, show. And we just uh, give you all the honor and glory and praise for being uh, our God for being with us, for doing the awesome, wondrous deeds that you do. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you. This is one generation to the next. And if you have any prayer requests or testimonies that you want to share, make sure you leave them in the comments below. We absolutely would love to pr partner with in prayer with you and share the testimonies that you have personally with the Lord. Maybe next time we'll be able to bring you on and you can share the testimony personally with each and every generation to come. Have a great night.